Welcome to the next episode of Rolling with Sean Lewis. Today I want to bring in the story of Brett Archibald, a story of a South African um, surfer um, that fell overboard when he went on a, a sea fishing trip with his buddies. Uh, this story is a, is a few years old, but it's so inspiring to me. I wanted to uh, bring it to you because I read the guy's uh, book called Alone. You can actually get it on Amazon. My podcast is not sponsored by Amazon, but I'm just telling you uh, where you can get the book if you want. But you can get it wherever books are sold. Uh, but one is by... And I got the audio clip uh, for this podcast uh, from 60 Minutes Australia because they're one of the ones that covered this story originally. But what inspired me about uh, this guy's story is uh, the minnow strength and the duration it took uh, to survive because he was in... Um, he was in the ocean for over 30 hours alone. Uh, there was no, there was no one around. And so he just had to take it hour by hour, minute by minute. But he found a way to survive. And, um, that just showed me how resilient the human spirit can be because you know, anybody that listened to um, this podcast for any length of time, uh, you, you know what? You know what my main uh, message is for this podcast is I believe we can do anything we want to do. Sometimes we just have to find uh, another way, and this guy definitely uh, found another way to survive. Oh, but um, the story is heroic. Um, don't forget to subscribe um, to my podcast and leave me a review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Go ahead and review this podcast uh, so it'll help, help this podcast uh, get to more people. You can check me out at uh, rowingwithshawnlewis.com I'm on Facebook at rowingwithshawnlewis Instagram at rowingwithshawnlewis um, and also uh, TikTok but also if you're looking for a motivational inspirational speaker uh, someone that can help you bring your event to the next level uh Check out rollingwithshawnlewis.com um, and uh, feel free to contact me for booking information. I can do uh, virtual events or I can do in-person events. I'm ready to help you and your team go to the next level. So uh, don't forget to uh, look me up for... Um, uh, your next event, I'll be happy to make uh, 
make a deal with you because I know I can help you and your team reach the next level. Uh, God bless you so much. And if this podcast has blessed you anyway, please share it with your friends and following. Again, thanks to my friends at 60 Minutes Australia because that's where this audio clip come from. Without further ado, here's Brett Archibald's story in his own words. All alone in the ocean, fighting the elements, fending off sharks, and battling to keep his sanity. He hopes he'll be rescued. However, after 29 hours treading water, most people have given up on him. But not his wife, holding a candlelight vigil in Cape Town, nor a legendary Australian sea salt named Doris. An empty horizon, a vast ocean, and slowly a small figure is revealed, floating, sometimes swimming, in this terrible, lonely, watery void. This story is about an absolute miracle because statistically, it's impossible that I, that I survived what I went through. This man floating in the sea is also a husband and a father, isn't he? He has a son, a husband, a brother. He's an amazing man. Did you know he had it in him to survive that? I knew he was alive. I knew he was alive. South African Brett Archibald is back from the dead. And he and his wife Anita and their young family owe a massive debt of gratitude to an Australian determined to find him, Tony Eltherington. Was me, I'd want everyone looking for me. Well, it's a great and honourable tradition of the seas. Absolutely. Yeah. This extraordinary story of survival begins in the Mentawai Islands off the Indonesian coast of Sumatra. This archipelago has become a mecca for surfers from all over the world. Sandy beaches, coconut palms, perfect waves. The Mentawi Islands are just, I mean, they're they world-renowned for the best surf in the world. You know, For anybody who surfs, no matter what your, your, your level of surf capability is, it's the dream one day. I think any surfer dreams of surfing in two places in the world. One is Hawaii and the other one is Mentawi Islands. Last month, Brett and eight lifelong mates set out from the port town of Padang on their boat, the Nagalau. Typically, surf charters cross Mentawai Strait at night. The crossing can be treacherous, and this night was no exception. Brett, like most of his team, was violently ill. I then reached again, and I just thought, I cannot reach like that again. If I do, I'm going to pass out. And that's the last thing I remember. I kind of came through these bubbles, and then I just saw the... The boat disappearing with the tender behind it. There I was. I, I, I mean, I literally knew I was going to meet my maker that day. I was this tiny, tiny speck in this massive ocean. It was approximately 2.15 in the morning. No one saw him go over, nor heard his screams. And so, without any flotation device, began his ordeal. Alone, lost at sea. And I was convinced 
in my mind I'd find a coconut tree, a fridge door, half a surfboard or something to hang on. However, after about an hour of swimming, I realized that with that water in the chop, I wasn't going to see anything, so... No straw to clutch at. No straw to clutch at, that's definitely... Brett was in dire straits. The nearest land was more than 40 kilometers away. Back home in Cape Town, Anita received an early morning visit from the wife of one of Brett's crewmates. And there was a knock at the door. And I saw her face through the glass the glass on the door and when I opened the door I said you are freaking me out where's the boat and what's wrong and she said no we've got the boat we just don't have your husband he said he's fell overboard and he's been missing and you at that stage no at the bottom of my world dropped out so Brett Archibald had everything to live for but staying alive for how long would be the question alone in the water and growing weaker as time passed he figured he had to last 12 to 14 hours before his mates would be retracing their course looking for him that afternoon they they came chugging along towards me and i thought hallelujah i'm rescued that's all i've hung on all for the reason and they got within 250 meters of me i could see them patrolling around on the deck i could see my mates faces there the anguish the worry and I was screaming, I was hollering, I was swimming, I was just trying to get there. I was against the current at the time, and they just didn't see me. I mean, they stopped the boat, and I thought, they've seen me, and that's why they stopped me. They sent the tinny out and to get me. And, the, and next minute, the engine started up, and they turned left and sailed away. What a terrible moment. No, that, was, that was complete meltdown moment. I mean, that's the first time I gave up. I just said, there's absolutely no way realizing that no other boat would be coming. But there was another boat, the Baron Joey, chartered by a group of Western Australian surfers and skippered by Tony Eltherington, a true sea salt, with the unlikely nickname Doris. How'd you get the name Doris? I used to look like Doris Day. All right, that was a while ago. Long time ago, thousand years ago. Ships is right through Wonderland. Tony Elfrington was one of a pioneering wave of Australians to explore Indonesia back in the 70s. This is Tony surfing Uluwatu, Bali's most famous wave. Now watch the waves come tumbling down. Heard so many different sounds. A life in and on the sea has taught him one fundamental rule. Never leave anyone behind. So when Tony heard of the missing surfer, he had to go and search for him. I just think it's the right thing to do. I had to chase that guy out. I wasn't giving up on him. No way. It's not the Australian way to give up. We don't give up. So, in the afternoon of Brett's disappearance, Tony launched a search from the Mentawai village of Tua Pajet in a speedboat. He took three of the Western Australians with him, Simon Carlin, Jeff Vidler, and Colin Chanu. The skipper believes that the guy's out there. He does, yeah. And you must be saying, is the skipper you know, a little optimistic here? We, we bonded as a group, and it was everything was unanimous. There was never any conflict within the group. Let's not go, there's any doubt. No, no, there's a chance. And it's, it's the Aussie spirit. Give it a go. 
know, if it was one of us out there, and they were Tony's first words, if that was one of us, we'd be out there. I have the ability to help people escape reality, at least for the next week or so. I make my whole home your home. I know there's no such thing as too many s'mores. I have a responsibility to make... But bad weather and fading light ended the search for Brett. By this stage, he'd been in the water for 16 hours and would need to survive another treacherous night at sea. And I felt this massive bump on my back. got hit by something. And I thought, ooh, that wasn't good. And I carried on swimming a little bit, and then this thing hit me again. And I thought, why? No, what is that? Let me go and see. So I actually went under the water, and I just finned slowly around, and there was a, a, a black tip reef shark. It was honestly no bigger than myself, um, but for me, under the water, looking, it looked like this monster. And I thought, okay, um, this is it. You're going to go now. And I thought, at least it's going to be swift. You know, this thing is going to eat me quickly, and... It'll be over. And then it's just, again, we talk about the, 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 the human mind. My, my will to survive just turned around and said, Brett, figure this out. If you can get this thing to attack you and you can actually just suck yourself out the way as it goes past, you can grab its fin and you can grab its tail. And you, it, it's a reef shock. It's going to head back to a reef in shallow water. And if you can do that, you can hang on. This thing will tell you to... This is a desperate man. Absolute desperation. And then... And I was under the water thinking this crazy thought, and next minute the shock just went. But again, now suddenly my brain was going again. As it turned out, sharks would not be the most dangerous threat Brett would encounter. Suddenly, out of nowhere, these two seagulls attacked me. <laughs> I was like, hey, where did you come from? I actually ended up having this huge argument and, and screaming match with two seagulls. I mean, talk about going a little bit mad. Since when do seagulls eat human beings? I mean, what are you seeing in me that you can eat? And what are they? They're going for your eyes, aren't they? They're going for my eyes and my ears. Brett wasn't only battling nature, he was also fighting for his sanity. Hallucinations brought on by exhaustion and thirst. Ships of war, kids in canoes, even the Virgin Mary. The worst hallucinations I had were I would see the back of our boat and every single one of my, my mates would come down these stairs and put their hands out. I'd say, come on, Brett, we're here. And I'd swim and swim, and they were so real. I mean, I was talking to them. I'd put my hand out and my foot on the bottom of the boat, and it wouldn't be there, and I'd just sink under the water. And then, But also, again, I think that was a mechanism, because when that happened, I'd end up swallowing water. I'd start coughing, vomiting, choking, and then your, your will to survive just kicks in again. So then I'd start fighting and coughing and say, no, come on, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Coming up. I just sucked water down my lungs and I felt my lungs fill up with water right to the back of my throat. Brett gives up all hope, <laughs> but not Doris and his mates. There he is. Survive at sea. It's a miracle at the bottom. South African surfer Brett Archibald had been floating in the middle of the treacherous Mentawai Straits for 27 hours after falling overboard. 
for dead by the Indonesians, by his own crewmates, but not by his wife, Anita. I made an altar. I had three white candles burning in a triangle. I had a picture of Brett in the middle. And the whole time I said, I mean, it's not difficult. It's not like he's dropped in the middle of the ocean. He's here. It is massive, but it's, this is the area that we've got to find him in. It can't be. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. That was a view shared by one man, Tony Elfrington. Maybe a lot of people just thought it was hopeless. He was gone. Yeah, I heard that, but I wasn't taking that one. It was way too early to give up on someone. Way too early. 24 hours, no way. In warm water. Charlie, it's, they're gonna, they'll be alive. He plotted a search area and organised four other Australian-owned charter boats to help. The Baron Joey set out at 4am. But critically, Tony noticed the current was running north and not south as it normally does. I just turned the boat about 18 degrees and went, I'm going that way. He's going to be in this sector. Something told me. I, I just felt he was going to be there. Sea conditions at that stage? Beautiful. Dead, dead calm. Also on board, the Western Australian surfers. I remember standing amidships at 6.30am, heading out. We're just on our heading and, you know, just going, I just wonder, you know, are we going to find this guy? Just starting to not believe that we're going to find him. A lot of time is passing by now. Yeah, yeah. Were we on a search and recovery yeah. or search and rescue? Yeah. So there was speculation with our, within yeah, our group. just been looking for a body, is yeah. what you're telling me. Precisely. At 1-800-CONTACTS, we're here for people like Bianca, who'd rather pick up new contacts from her doorstep than her doctor. We totally get it. So welcome to fast, free shipping, Bianca. Body, is yeah. what you're telling me. Precisely. And this was so horribly close to being the truth. After more than 28 hours in the water, Brett gave up. Having once read that drowning was actually a pleasant way to die, he swam down and tried to end it all. Then I just sucked water down my lungs. I mean, really, and I felt my lungs fill up with water right to the back of my throat, out my nose. And I knew, okay, now, now I was meant to just slip into unconsciousness, sink to the bottom of the ocean, it would be all beautiful. Well, let me tell you, the world to survive kicked in there, and I have never fought for my life like anything in it before. I mean, I just, I went, my brain was just frying. There's no way, and I came shooting out that water, coughing, reaching, spluttering. <laughs> and I mean, just terrible. And as I was lying there, I saw the mast of the Baron Joey. Contact. A head in the ocean. A needle in a haystack.
came onto the boat. It's pretty good. Had a head like a beetroot, but it was pretty good. And a few whacks in the nose from the seagulls trying to pluck his eyes out. I didn't know seagulls did that. Me either. I thought they only plucked chips. The sunburnt head, the scarred nose, and the withered hands were the only obvious signs of his ordeal. Brett and his wife Anita hadn't seen this footage until we showed them. You're not having a lot to say about this. No, this is... That's when Anita was struck by the reality of just how lucky her husband had been. Lie down, grab a water and a blanket. Even if you think that there were a couple of birds out there, you can't see a head even in the calm ocean. Someone bobbing around there. I mean, it's a miracle that they found him. It's a radical, radical story. It's that he's here is a is divine intervention. You're amazing. You are amazing. Sure, I'm looking at this. And I'm the luckiest girl alive. No, but I'm lucky. No, Brett. I'm the lucky one. Yo, 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 yo. Human spirit, and you know, just 
you know, for me as a Christian, that just shows that um, um, God, God is with us no matter what we go through, and uh, God gave that uh, man and his family another chance of life, and that just shows the mental resilience of the human spirit. Um, you know, I I have cerebral palsy, but I try my best not to let my cerebral palsy define who I am, what I'm about, or whether or not I can accomplish my goals or dreams or not. And I always uh, try to find a different path to do the things I want to do and to enjoy the life I want to live. And with the help of my friends and family, I have done that. And I hope um, this story not only inspires you, encourages you, but helps you uh, begin to see the challenge, uh, the challenges that we all face as human beings is not uh, unbeatable, but something um, with the right attitude and the right spirit uh, that you can overcome. That there's always a way to overcome uh, your challenges. You might not be able uh, to completely get rid of them, but you can find a way uh, to navigate through them and uh, find a life that brings you happiness and fulfillment. And as you heard uh, from this story, um, when we face challenges and adversity in our life, um, it gives us a new perspective on life. Uh, it will help crystallize our uh, purposes for us. So I hope that you've uh, found inspiration and uh, Brett Archibald's story today when I first heard it uh, many years ago. It inspired me. And like I read the book uh, uh, some years ago now. But if you want to read um, more in his story, uh, feel free to check out the book. Uh, thanks for subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe. And again, if you would like to book me as a speaker, um, uh, uh, feel free to check out rollingwashonhood.com. I, um, I have had to uh, build my life around the idea of finding another way. So I want to, I want to come hang out with you, spend some time with you, and share a little bit of my story, of my background, how I've done that. I, I believe I have people of all uh, backgrounds, all faiths that listen to this. Uh, for me, my faith is very important. Uh, but you know, I hope you've found inspiration and encouragement through this joy. But for me, I can do uh, nothing apart from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the wonderful family 
and the friend community I have. I I wish the same thing for you, and I w- I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this quote: Life is uh, 90% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we can't always control what happens to us, but we can, like Mr. Archibald, we can control how we react to it. He was determined uh, to see his family and friends again. Uh, thanks again so much uh, for listening, supporting our podcast. I look forward to bringing you another episode in the uh, future. Have a wonderful, blessed day. And as always, remember, you can do anything you want to do. Sometimes you just have to find another way to do it. God bless. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.